You're listening to the Reconciling Hope Podcast, where the leadership team of Gospel Hope Church discusses how the Bible transforms our beliefs, actions, and impacts our relationship with God and with others. Well, hey, Gospel Hope, and those of you who may be outside the Gospel Hope family who also tune into the Reconciling Hope Podcast, welcome back. We are still in our series, It's Complicated, where we are exploring the unique relationship landscape that God helps David to navigate through in his life. And so this week we looked at uh, one of the more unique um, aspects of David's life and how he has to navigate through um, uh, kind of an abusive authority situation uh, in his relationship with Saul. So um, uh, Ryan, thank you for walking us through a significant portion of text uh, on this particular Sunday. And you a mere ten. Yeah, no man. Problem. Yeah, um, and you started the message off by uh, walking us through um, how it is okay in certain moments where uh, maybe we have an authority in our life, um, and that authority is not pleasant, and it's okay to walk away, or that particularly if that authority is abusive, it's okay to walk away. You also created some additional tension for us by revealing how there are moments where um, believers served under bad leaders and there was a call to stay and and that was redemptive and there was a call to go and that was redemptive. And it wasn't doublespeak. You gave great examples from scripture, Daniel in the lion's den uh, and, and, and other places. But you, you pointed out that knowing when to choose to do that is an element of discernment. Um, how then would you recommend that we as believers increase our level of discernment so that we know when it's, you know, so we know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. Um, uh, Said the great theologian, Kenny Rogers. Yeah, right? That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there's a, a couple answers to that question. The, the first, is, man, you need to be walking in the spirit. Um, The the Bible talks about the fact that when we repeatedly live a life that is contrary to the word of God and contrary to his direction in our life, that we actually sear our conscience, Mm. which, which means we become unfeeling to the promptings and the conviction of the spirit and his leading in our life. So I think that's one, just consistently be walking in the spirit and walking with the Lord. I think the other really key idea is that we do that in community. Um, We're not meant to kind of determine God's will for our life all by ourselves. Um, The Lord hasn't left us in isolation as if we somehow have to possess all knowledge or all discernment, but rather he's given us the body of Christ and wise counselors Uh, to be able to discern how the Lord may be leading. And then thirdly, I would say um, there is a subjective sense of rest and peace. I know that can be abused. Well, I just had peace about it. Um, but, But what I mean by that is the Holy Spirit is active in our life. And when we're walking in a way that is consistent um, with the word of God and in obedience to God's word, 
the Bible says that we can have the peace that transcends all understanding. And so I think those are three kind of helpful suggestions that we, we try to discern what lo- the Lord's will is for our life. Walk, walk in the spirit, be in the word. Um, two would be seek wise counsel. And then three, really seek to subjectively understand the ministry of the spirit in your own heart. Hey Amen. I, I appreciate that. And like you said, I mean, what an awesome discipline if we would walk in all three of those, right? Mm-hmm. And just know that the will of God is not some magic eight ball. Right. The Lord has given us all these graces that if we walk in them, all right, if I hear you correctly, our individual responsibility to walk in holiness and obedience amps up our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and discernment. Walking in community makes me open to wise counsel. And then there was a third, and I forgive me for, for not capturing that one properly. What was the third? Well, just the subjective sense of rest or peace that the Spirit gives us. Yeah. Amen. Knowing that the Spirit can would be with him. So, so here's another one. You, you, you did a great job of just kind of unpacking how David just masterfully um, had this demeanor of respecting Saul as his authority, mm. despite Saul's uh, deplorable character and his performance. Yeah. Now, some might argue that David's submission or surrender or respect in that season was because, hey, he's a part of that whole ancient Near Eastern honor shame culture. And that's just more of an antiquated mindset. It's really not compatible with either the New Testament style of living or it's definitely not compatible with the modern day democracy where we've got other choices. We don't live under kings. We've got people who we put in office via our own vote. What would you say to the person who says, I don't need to model that kind of posture in a in a in a democracy or in a culture where I have a voice? Yeah. So to speak. Yeah, if someone's kind of struggling with that. Yeah, I, I think the um you know, one is that that idea is brought forward not just as a principle from the old testament, but it's in the New Testament as well, where you know we're called to pray for our leaders and mm-hmm. even honor those in positions of authority. And then the Bible goes on to says, say uh, in Romans that there is no authority, but authorities ordained of God. And, and remember, that is talking to uh, a time in Christian history when the, when the authorities at that time were very anti-Christian. And so the Lord in his wisdom is speaking to his people and saying, hey, even though this authority is kind of against your values and the things that are precious in God's sight, you need to honor them. And I think what we need to understand very carefully is honor is not the same thing as obey. Um, Those are not the same thing. Respect is not the same thing as silence. I think I said it in the message, something submission does not equal silence. Those aren't the same thing. Um, You know, Rod, you have, children or you have a child that is that is getting ready to kind of venture out on her own you know she's in college right now and getting ready to move out and there'll come a time in doria's life very soon where she will no longer need to obey you but her responsibility is still to honor you Hmm. and um i think there's some parallel there with the way that believers should treat our authorities our ultimate authority is the Lord. And we're always called to obey the Lord, no matter what our earthly authorities say. And yet, even when our earthly authorities are out of line with what God's will is, 
though we don't need to obey them in those cases, we do need to honor them. Mm -hmm. um, I just think I'm, I'm burdened that believers would be known as, as, as people that are full of grace and truth, that we speak the truth, but we do so in a gracious way. We don't engage in these personal attacks or name calling or, or trying to wound people with our words without, you know, hoping for restoration. Um, we're also prone to try to get our pound of flesh when, when we feel like we've been wrong to, Hey, you hurt me. Don't worry. I get mad. I get, e I, I don't get mad. I get even. Um, that's just not a biblical paradigm. Um, we are to speak up, to say what God has called us to do, to stand for truth, but to do so always in a gracious, gracious way. And, and obviously the ultimate example of that was Jesus himself, who didn't take vengeance into his own hands, but rather willingly went to the cross and lay down himself um, for our sins. That's awesome. So we've kind of danced around it or touched on it a little bit. And if you feel like you've already answered this, fine. But was there a particular cultural moment that you felt really um, um, uh, th this message applies to particularly well? Just something that we're, we're dealing with in culture right now. Yeah, I, th I think the political season that we find ourselves in, um, you know, sadly, um, not, not sadly on this front. There's a lot of people who really love Jesus, who feel one way or another about politics. And I think that's okay. That's okay. Believers don't have to agree exactly on who the best candidate is. There's certain things that believers need to believe, but there are some Christians that are going to vote Republican. There's some Christians that are going to vote Democrat. There's some Christians that are going to vote a third way. There's some Christians that are going to abstain. And that all, I think, is a matter of liberty where believers are going to fall on that. But what believers are not at liberty to do, according to the Bible, is to be mean and nasty. Like, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth or out of your keyboard, but only that which is good for the sake of building others up. Now, that doesn't mean that we disagree. For instance, if I'm living in sin... And Rod, you as my brother in Christ, come along and graciously confront me. That is building me up. That you're seeking my best interest. And so I, I think that's what I'm burdened about in this particular message, that we need to interact with our authorities and with people that oppose us in ways that are kind, even in a political system or a political season that is so divisive and it's so easy to do all the mudslinging. I think we as Christians just need to say no. Uh, we, we have a better way. We're going to speak out against things that we think are wrong. We're going to state our opinions in very gracious ways. Uh, and we're not going to be nasty and get involved in the um, ugly trench warfare that so often marks these political seasons. I, I think it's a wonderful opportunity for Christians to display that they've been changed by Jesus. Interesting. So when you say display, <clears throat> it just reminds me, again, the, some of the core values that we really focus on at Gospel Hope Church, uh, challenging ourselves to grow in our relationship with God, grow in our relationship with one another, or to and to grow in our relationship with the world. Um, which one of those was the core that that you really try to strike in this message? Yeah, I think it's it's mainly in our relationship with the world. Um, you know, 
let, let your, the Bible says in second Peter that we should let our good deeds be so visible that even when outsiders slander us, they glorify God. Mm. And so I, I think the way that the church can really stand out in this divisive season in our country is not by just keeping our mouth shut. That's not it. It's not by just saying, hey, you know, you're right or towing a party line. It's by speaking graciously to these issues in, in such a way that's so countercultural that the world has to like kind of stand up and listen and be like, man, uh, these people act in ways that are so radical from the rest of us. Um, something must have happened in their heart. So the way we engage um, our, our particularly our unbelieving neighbors during the season, I think is critically important. Amen. Amen. And so, again, is that our mission is to be a church that displays the reconciling hope of the gospel. And uh, the Lord has just graced us to be uniquely positioned to, to, to do some of that. Um, again, thinking back on the message, how does this message point us to that ultimate and reconciling hope of the gospel? Right. I, I think it. even though Saul was not reconciled to David here, mm -hmm. um, David made every attempt to do so, it seems like he, he, he did it. And there were moments where Saul moved towards him. And, and I think what that shows us is that even people who are in one sense, radically, ideologically or different or have an agenda that is radically different, there is hope for reconciliation, um, even for those folks. Um, you know, there was a point where David confronts Saul and Saul's like, oh, I've done wrong. I'm so sorry. You know, now he didn't stay true to that word. But but nevertheless, I think the way that we can display the reconciling hope of the gospel is a little bit what, what I've already said right now is by engaging people and agreeably disagreeing with people, agreeably disagreeing. Hey, I, I'm not going to stick my finger in your eye or kick you in your shins, but I'm going to say, man, I don't agree with that point. We're still brothers. We can still get along. I'm not going to think of you as a bad person or immoral person because you disagree with me on per this particular point. We can, as believers, agreeably disagree with one another because our unity is ultimately found in what Jesus has done for us. It's not that the other issues don't matter. They do. It's not that we can't talk about the other issues. We can, but we need to do so in a way that keeps the main thing the main thing and, and remembers that we want to love God and love neighbors in the way that we interact with one another. Amen. Well, hey, as we've set out again on this course to be a church that displays a reconciled hope of the gospel, I'll be honest with you, I've got a, an optimistic anticipation as we go into some very choppy waters over the next yeah. few months of how the Lord will use our church uh, in that space um, for such a time as this, right? Yeah. Not to be cliche. Um, but hey, it, you know, it's all hands on deck and how we make that display. And, uh, you know, praise God to be able to serve alongside you, my brother. You, you know, you and I are in incredibly diverse in so many different ways and, and uh, different things like that. But we find reconciliation, commonality and, and friendship in the gospel, mm -hmm. uh, which is awesome. And so um, can't wait to see how the Lord is going to use our church again just kind of in this unique season. So Amen. I pray that's certainly the case. I, I, I'm optimistic as well. And I, I pray that, yeah, just what you said would be true, that the Lord would show off, show yeah. his great power by the way that a diverse church like Gospel Hope can really get along even when they disagree on some significant matters. Yeah.
Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Um, well, hey, thank you all for uh, tuning in and uh, look forward to continuing with you in our series um, as we look at how the Lord navigates his people through complicated relationship uh, landscapes. Amen. Thanks, brother. Right, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Reconciling Hope podcast. Be sure to subscribe for future content on podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Gospel Hope Church is located in Atlanta, Georgia, with the mission of making disciples who are growing in the gospel as a family while on mission. If you're interested in learning more, tune into our Facebook Live services Sundays at 11 a.m. or check out gospelhopechurch.com.